eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. What's up, y'all? Wes Rucker coming to you from the Fort Rucker studio here on Monday afternoon. As you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, this is a breaking news podcast, breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, I should say. Not just me on the phone today for this podcast from uh, the Blount County Satellite Office of Go Vols 24-7. We have Grant Ramey with us. And Grant, we're bringing you a breaking news podcast today. Why are we doing that? Because Tennessee basketball is back in the transfer portal with Jalen Johnson. Uh, the red shirt junior wing six, six, he's already graduated. So he'll be a grad transfer. It doesn't, uh, wasn't a real surprise. If you look at the numbers, uh, look at his stats over the years, how limited kind of his opportunities have been on the floor. And you also look at what's coming in next season, uh, with the amount of, uh, talent skill in the backcourt, you would assume he's, his minutes again would be limited next season. So, uh, not a real surprise, uh, go, go find a, a, a new home, uh, at a place where you can get a ton of minutes, uh, and by all means, he's been a, a good teammate and a, a good player for Tennessee over the years. It just hasn't worked out, hasn't clicked on the floor. Uh, so he's in the transfer portal, uh, a move that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and when you look at his numbers this season, um, you know the incident with Lamonte Turner probably benefited Jalen Johnson about as much as anyone minutes-wise. I would imagine he was probably the guy who, in the backcourt, who kind of got the most minutes maybe because of that. Uh, or the biggest increase. He played 15.7 minutes per game this season, played in all 31 games. I think that was going to be the plateau for him. I'll be honest, Grant, I do not think he would play 15.7 minutes per game next season. You don't want to assume anything, but with the Cavalry on the way, a couple more, uh, a couple five-star guards uh, coming into the program, and then another guy who's kind of a versatile forward guy who can do a lot of things, who's who's almost a five-star I just, to me, this looks for all the world like they had one of those meetings after the season where uh, Barnes and sits down with each of the players individually, probably over the phone or by Skype or something, uh, with all the quarantine stuff going on right now, and, and probably said, "Hey, man, I I don't know if you're going to play that many minutes next season," and and that had to be the. I mean, to me, that just seems like that's probably where this came from. Yeah, and and if you look at. Uh, some of the landing spots possibilities. I mean, if he went to a uh, a couple of schools I mentioned on the board, I, this is not me reporting anything. I haven't heard any possible destinations for him. Uh, but if you could imagine Jalen's skill set uh, on the defensive end, on the offensive end, his size, his length, his athleticism, uh, at a place like ETSU or at a place like UNC Greensboro, uh, getting a little bit closer to home and, and going down a, a level in competition, 
uh, at the Southern Conference, joining two really good basketball programs. If he could find a home like that, that would be great. I mean, that would that would make this move make uh, you know it makes sense to begin with because, like you said, his minutes. Uh, we're going to be limited. He probably wasn't going to get the 15.7 next season that he got this season uh, just based on what the roster looks like next season uh, and what the roster situation was this season. So, I mean, when when Rick Barnes puts out a statement talking about what a great teammate he was and they had discussions about this move, obviously this is a move that the, the Tennessee basketball program supports, uh, and it makes sense because this is a kid that's probably worked too hard, I would I would say, so over the last three or four years. Uh, to get to where he is and to not have that opportunity to, to show what he can do uh, and showcase his skill level for the next level or you know whatever is next in his basketball career after college basketball. Uh, so go find somewhere where you can maximize that. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a move that you know makes sense and, and it helps Tennessee moving forward too because it frees up a scholarship spot for a uh, the 2020-2021 uh, roster where you need help and, and they can go get it now if they want it. Yeah, and I think I'm going to be clear about this. First off, <clears throat> Let me apologize again for my voice. It's been gone for like a month. Bronchitis is is not fun. Uh, but I will say this: um, I, I I think there are a lot of a lot of transfers out there where you say, you know what, if that guy had just stuck it out, things may have been different. And, and I'm I'm not going to say that that you say that for for most transfers in this era. But there's a good chunk of them that you look at and you say, you know what, if 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 he had just stuck it out, things may have been better for him. Uh, if we've seen we've seen this at Tennessee, we've seen it at other places where guys have left and you're like, man, did they really need to do that? Or, or guys have come and transferred to Tennessee and you go, maybe they had a better thing where they were. This is a deal where this kid has given absolutely everything I think he can to Tennessee. He has been an unbelievable teammate for four years. He's played through injuries. He's not complained. Uh, he, he's gone into every season hoping he would play more than he actually did. And when he didn't, uh, he didn't whine about it. He didn't complain about it. Uh, and, and this was a guy who had a lot of teammates, the, the guys who played with him, who said he was as talented as anybody on the team. And he knew he had to hear that, so he could have been a problem if he wanted to be, but he never did. And every time I talked to him about it, he just said the same thing. He said, I'm not a quitter, man. I just, I'm not, I'm not a quitter. I didn't play a lot on my AAU team early on, uh, my, my travel team, but I just kind of stuck with it. And, and then I ended up getting college offers. And he's just kind of a guy who plays through this stuff. And, and I think he's a guy who has fantastic upside. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know that. Uh, there's been a couple games in this past season where at Kentucky, for one of them, if he doesn't hit those two three-pointers in the first half to get them kind of out of that rut, I, I don't know if they have a chance to come back and win that game. Uh, he, he just he, He's had a couple moments where he's made some big plays for Tennessee, and, and he's a guy who I think if, you just, if you're a coach and you tell him, listen, son, you're going to play 30 minutes every night no matter what. We need you to score the ball. If someone will just give him that opportunity – I think he'll do a really good job somewhere. I think he's a really good scorer. I think he's got a lot of offensive game. Uh, I think he's not a, a consistent defensive player, but he can create some steals. Uh, so maybe if he goes to a more boomer bust type defense place where they go, go steals, get in transition. I think there are other places that might suit him better, but I think this is a kid who this is to me is why the grad transfer rule exists. You know, for a situation like this where a guy's done everything he can and it just hasn't worked out, and he can go play somewhere else. Right, and and from Tennessee's perspective, I, I agree with what you're saying. From Tennessee's perspective, this wasn't, we've got this one guy we want to bring in, so we got to run somebody off. They, this is Jalen, and talking to Jalen, them having the discussions they had, this is the best move for both parties. Uh, it, it's best for Jalen, 
uh, like you said, because he can go find somewhere where he can get his minutes regardless of, of what's going on uh, elsewhere on the roster, and he can consistently get out there and, and try to get a, a better feel uh, with that longer leash, with that more playing time, the bigger opportunity. Uh, and, yeah, you're right about some big shots. I mean, a, a couple shots that stick out in my head were at Missouri yes. uh, in early January. I think he might have hit three straight threes, if yes. I'm not mistaken, and that was a really big win for the Tennessee basketball team at the time because – uh, it came at a building where they don't win a ton of games or where they struggle to win games sometimes. Uh, and it came, you know, after not long after the Wisconsin game. Everybody remembers how lopsided that one was. LSU how LSU came in in the SEC opener and really handled them. Uh, and they went on the road in Missouri, and they found a way to win. I think Jalen uh, was a big part of that. So uh, what I hope for Jalen is that this this whole, you know, everything on pause with the pandemic going around and, and kind of everybody's just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen and when I hope, I hope his recruiting open recruitment, whatever, how you describe it, looking for a new school. Hopefully that isn't put on pause for too long and he can find somewhere. Uh, he can find a new home relatively quickly and get to work uh, because you know, he's going to be a good basketball player for somebody. It's just a matter of where, uh, what conference kind of what level. That's a really good point, Grant, about the, all the quarantine stuff, because you know, it, it, it's, we're thinking we're thinking right now in terms of weeks, but there are other people who say we need to be thinking more in terms of months here. And I don't want to speculate as to to what direction this thing goes because Lord knows that's well above my pay grade, and, and probably everyone on Goval's twenty four seven. So we we don't we don't know um, we, we don't know what's going on in terms of where this thing goes. But I, I do hope that you know that's the one thing about this transfer that if you're in the portal right now, you can't. Can you really go visit somewhere? No, campuses are are pretty much locked down except for essential people. Um, and you just hope that he can get somewhere and get to working with his new teammates relatively soon because basketball season doesn't start until November. Um, but you got to go learn an offense. You got to go learn a defense. You got to go learn your teammates. You got to do some open gym stuff. There's so much stuff you got to do in the offseason before you even really get to practice. And, and I hope that he's able to find some time. Uh, to do that. But then again, you know, you look at it, the situation at Tennessee and, and, you know, we mentioned that obviously, you know, Jaden Springer and, and Keon Johnson are coming into the program, but Victor Bailey, uh, VJ Bailey Jr. is another guy who's going to be uh, eligible to play next season. Uh, he could arguably be Tennessee's starting point guard next season. You know, we'll see how that goes. But bottom line is those minutes were probably just not going to be there. And you'd hate to see a fifth year senior go through that when he could be playing somewhere. And I've always liked this about Rick Barnes too, Grant. I've always liked the fact that he has said, you know, if a guy gives me everything he has and it's not working, I'm not going to kind of hold him here and, and kind of stunt his career. If he can go somewhere and play, I want to help him do that. And I, I don't, I think that's good to see in a coach because some other coaches maybe wouldn't do that. Yeah, and the way I've tried to explain over the years, Rick's going to invest. Uh, he's going to match the investment that you put into him and to the basketball program. And I think Jalen's a guy that work ethic and, and attitude and all that stuff, no, none of that's ever been an issue. And I think uh, they've treated him as such, and, and they've put the investment into him just like he's put into the basketball program. And and unfortunately, it didn't click. And, and like you mentioned, there are some former teammates of his that will absolutely swear by his uh, potential and talent and, and what he can do on the floor if he's given the opportunity. Uh, but for whatever reason, it just never really clicked. And, and hopefully it does click at the next uh, his next stop. Hopefully he finds that place, like I said, relatively soon uh, with everything going on. And I, I think it's the same thing for Tennessee. You have a roster spot open up uh, for next season. Um, I'm, I'm not going to try to calculate numbers for the 21-22 season, 
uh, because you never know what's going to happen with Jaden Springer in the future, Keon Johnson, guys like those talents. Jay, uh, yeah, that could, yeah, Josiah Jordan James, too, a lot of those right, guys. Right, right, right. You, you start talking about you know who's around in a couple of years and who's not and all that stuff. The focus is 2021 20, roster. you got an extra roster spot there. Uh, and if you want to go look for a grad transfer, obviously they have the wing depth, they have the backcourt depth. Uh, it's just a matter if they found somebody – uh, that they could put in the paint that could help them maybe alleviate some pressure on the, the likes of John Fulkerson and Eve Ponds and those guys uh, where they were clearly pretty stretched pretty thin. That You are adding Corey Walker, a, a top 100, uh, a four-star, highly ranked four-star power forward, and, and a guy that's obviously talented based on those numbers, uh, but he is a freshman. So if you could go out and find somebody that, that helps you there, then that would make a lot of sense. But, you know, you just got to sit back and wait and see. Because Tennessee's in the same spot that Jalen Johnson's in. Uh, you you want to be on the market looking for somebody, but everybody's kind of on hold right now. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, if this had been like, um, you know, a situation where like a Nate Sestina or somebody like that had been on the market too, even somebody like that could come in and help Tennessee. Someone of that kind of caliber, you know, I, I think someone like that. The last thing I want to say about Jalen Johnson is, is that I do think as much as he tried uh, and he and Rick Barnes always gave each other a lot of effort, I think going somewhere where he doesn't have to look over his shoulder every time he turns the ball over or something like that, uh, he just never really got that kind of trust level from this staff to, to go play through some mistakes. I think another coach needs to give him a few games to just play through some of those things, and then I think you'll see a different Jalen Johnson potentially. Uh, but I understand why at Tennessee you're you're fighting for big things. You're trying to win SEC championships. You, you, you If you got a guy who you, you can't afford to let him play through things in your mind, you can't do that. But moving forward to Tennessee, Grant, I think you're right. You know, I think you take the best player available uh, pretty much. You know, if you get a, a good enough player who's a good enough fit, I don't care what position he plays – you, you may think about taking him and then just going from there. But you're right. Uh, big man is what stands out like a, you know, it, it, it's like a sore thumb. They, they need, whether it is, you know, you could look at guys like Plavsic, look at guys like Kamwa. I think they have the ability to be pretty solid players. I think Kamwa's got a pretty big upside. And, and I don't think we saw this season what Plavsic can do. I think he still has a chance to be a pretty good player. I've seen just enough in practice to be like, you know what? I think he could be okay, but if you you've got you've got Fulkerson, you've got Pons. If you get they just they need one, preferably two, but at least one more big man next season that they can say, you know what, we got it. We need this guy. If it's going to be twenty, twenty five minutes, eighteen minutes, whatever it is off the bench, just someone who can go there and help keep the continuity going, can make a couple plays, can get some rebounds. They don't need a big scorer there, but they need another presence there who can kind of keep you from having to, to ride Fulkerson and Pons. Those guys can't be playing 37 minutes a night, 36 minutes a night next season again. I just don't think you want to do that. And to do that, you've got three options. You know, a guy like Kamwa gets better, a guy like Plavsic gets better, or you go get a big man in the portal. And it's got to be one of those three, right? Yeah, it does. And and, and Eurosh and, and Olivier, they're both young basketball players. Uh, what oh, I Pember, saw from Pember them, too, Pember. Yeah. I should sorry, yeah. Grant Pember too. Yeah, that's right. But but with Eurosh and Olivier, I mean, what you saw from them this season, uh, it's going to take a pretty big transformation over the off season for them to be uh, reliable contributors, somebody you can count on. Uh, not saying that can't happen. It's just going to have to take a pretty big step forward uh, for them to get there. So I, I don't think you want to completely rely on those guys as your depth. Uh, you like what you get for, uh, from Fulkerson and Eve Ponds, obviously based on what they did. Uh, this season, all SEC players, one's a defensive player of the year, one a second team, all SEC. 
you like what you have coming back from them. But yeah, you're right. You, you can't be playing 34, 35 minutes a night, especially uh, as much as Fulkerson gets banged on and, and pushed around a little bit. He's got to get stronger this offseason, uh, and we'll have a bunch of stuff coming out uh, later this week on kind of what's the next step for a lot of these guys on roster. But yeah, you need somebody that's kind of the in-between there. Uh, you, you have a reliable front line in Fulke and Ponds, uh, and you have a lot of questions with Urosh and Olivier in terms of what they're going to be uh, with an offseason under their belt. Uh, and what they'll look like next season. And in between those two things, it would be really nice to have a, a big man if they can find somebody, but but Rick Barnes is a guy that he's not going to take somebody just to take somebody. He's going to go out and uh, find somebody that, that fits this roster and, and fits his mold, uh, or they'll leave the spot open and, and go from there. And I really, I know I interrupted you there. I really didn't want to leave out Pember, though, because he's a guy who I think might take a few years, but when he gets there, uh, I think the the kind of skill level that he has, I, I think could be really nice for Tennessee. So um, I just think he's a guy who might take a couple of years, but but when he gets there, I, I still like that player. But I agree. Him and him and Eurosh and Olivier are uh, kind of in the same boat where you've seen some flashes at times and you kind of know what they can do. It's just a matter of how quickly can they get there. That's a good point. Graham, we'll go ahead and let you get out of here, and we'll uh, wrap this up, and then we'll uh, we'll come back later in the week and do a a full hoops podcast. Sounds good, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. That was the one and the only. And I guess I could say, thank God there's only one of them, Grant Ramey. And again, we're going to have a full hoops podcast later in the week. We're going to start breaking down the season. We're going to have enough time probably with this thing to get through with this quarantine stuff. We got a lot of stuff to get to. We're going to wrap up this Tennessee basketball season. Didn't end the way that anybody wanted it to, but, you know, what are you going to do? You can't have a postseason. You can't have a postseason. That's some things including public health, have got to come before sports. So, guys, we'll be back later in the week. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Before that, we're going to get to some more uh, hoops and football podcasts later in the week. Until then, you can get to all of us uh, at twitter.com slash govals247, facebook.com slash govals247, or you can go directly to govals247.com. See you in just a little bit, guys. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.